Hello, and welcome to The Well, a spiritual growth podcast from Saddleback Church. My name is Brennan Bathauer, and I'm excited to journey with you into reflection on the day Jesus was in the tomb. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself in this moment, take a deep breath and get settled. Traditionally, the day Jesus rested in the tomb is called Holy Saturday. It is a day that stands between the sacrifice of Good Friday and the victory of Resurrection Sunday. Like holding in a breath, Holy Saturday asks us to pause in the uncomfortable stillness that is in between, to trust God's work even when things don't make sense. Our growth often occurs best in the moments between all is lost and I am found, between how things were and how things will be. Today, as you reflect on Jesus' silence in the tomb, may God whisper the way only he can to all of us that find ourselves in between. Listen to these words written by the disciple Matthew in chapter 27, verses 45 through 61. Enter into the story. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came all over the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he's been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Imagine the emptiness you would feel on this day. Jesus' followers having committed their lives to this rabbi messiah, are left hopeless. Imagine the whirlwind week they had just been through. What began with Jesus entering Jerusalem as a prophesied king 
turned into heated arguments at the temple, then confusing dinners and prayer times, then the betrayal of a close friend. And before you could get your head on straight, your savior, your friend, your entire purpose in life hangs before you, humiliated, mutilated, and lifeless. It must have felt like the wind got knocked out of you. There was no more air in the entire universe to breathe in. How do you respond when all your dreams come crashing down? Have you ever been at a place where you felt truly, utterly hopeless? Maybe you're there now. Holy Saturday is truly holy because it has something to say to those of us that are in between. Think back to Matthew's account on this dark day. Look at the responses of those involved and see yourself in them. Think about this. What would you do if your Savior died in front of your eyes when all feels lost and God seems absent? What would you do if you woke up one day and found out your God had died? Would you respond like the women there at the tomb? Hopeless, helpless. They sit there stunned. Scripture simply says, but Mary Magdalene and the other Mary remained there, sitting in front of the tomb. No actions to take, no problems to solve, just powerlessness showing itself in frozen sadness. When all seems lost, do you freeze in the pain? Just sit next to it and find yourself helpless? Or do you respond like Joseph of Arimathea? Rich, powerful, yet changed by this man that had now been killed. Joseph sacrifices his reputation by asking Pilate for Jesus' body. Now while there's much to commend in Joseph's show of character here, his actions are altogether futile. Jesus is still dead. Joseph is still hopeless in this moment. When all seems lost, do you busy yourself with commendable but altogether futile tasks, fixing instead of facing the sadness in front of you? Or perhaps you would respond like the chief priests and Pharisees, these people that had experienced life once with God but had now been cut off. So embittered by God's challenge or God's perceived silence, they try their best to push God away. They plead with Pilate to, quote, give the order for the tomb to be secured, to lock God away in some catacomb, keeping our life safe from any more discomfort he may bring. When all seems lost, do you fight with God, seeing him as enemy rather than savior? Which do you tend towards? Do you freeze like the women at the tomb? Do you try to fix like Joseph of Arimathea? Do you fight like the chief priests? Or maybe like the disciples not even mentioned in this passage? Do you abandon, run away? All these are human responses. The good news is, when all seems lost and God seems absent, whether you freeze, fix, flight, or fight, listen, God loves you, 
and he wants to show you a different way. Before we get there, spend some time talking with God about how you respond during the dark days of in-between. How do you respond when things don't go your way? Ask for God's guidance in these areas. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for his help. Holy Saturday is a set-apart day because Jesus shows us a different way. If anyone had a moment of complete darkness, when all seemed lost, it would be him. Hated, rejected, and mutilated by the religious elites, brutalized, humiliated, and crucified by the imperializing Romans, abandoned by his closest friends and followers, by his own words, forsaken by his Father. There Jesus hung, utterly and truly alone. By all accounts, all had been lost. But Jesus does not freeze. He does not fight. He does not fruitlessly try to fix. Instead, he faces the difficulty before him in the power of the love of God and then he rests, knowing that God is at work. So what do you need to face in the power of the love of God? What right now has you frozen? What are you running from? What things around you are you fighting? Where are you busily fixing? Maybe God is calling you to face it. In the power of the one who came up from the grave, Jesus did not freeze in the face of persecution. He did not fruitlessly try to fix their meanness. He didn't fight back. He faced death itself with the confidence of the power of God. He goes to the one place where God's presence is not, into death itself, and brings God's presence there with him. Maybe today is the day you face the problem in God's power. You address it, and you let God show his victory over it. And after he faced evil and death there on the cross, he rested. Even in his death, Jesus is teaching us something essential. Why would Jesus, who could have resurrected immediately, choose to spend a day in the tomb? It's not like he had to charge up enough power for a day for him to overcome death. With a snap, God can reverse all death and raise him up. So why a day in the tomb? What should we learn from this day? Here's a hint. On the seventh day, Jesus rested. See, in the beginning of all things, God created. Day one through day six, God worked and made and brought forth good. And on the seventh day, after seeing and proclaiming it all good, 
God rested. The first account of the creation ends with, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We are called to rest because even God rested. Not because God was tired, but because God's existence is far more than just what he does or accomplishes. In the same way, we are called to rest once a week because God wants us to know that we are more than just our accomplishments or our toil. We are loved by him. We are his children. Sometimes we just need to spend a day with our dad to remind us that the world continues spinning, even if we take a day off. Now Jesus, not a stranger to discussions about Sabbath rest, on this holy Saturday, fulfills what Sabbath is all about. When all seems lost, when he was totally abandoned, Jesus did the one thing we probably wouldn't. He rested. He rested in the confidence that his Father would raise him up. So wherever you are in between, when all seems lost, follow the way of Jesus. What do you need to face in the power of the love of God? And then, where do you need to rest, confident in the work of your Father? Talk to him and hear what he may say to you. Father, thank you for meeting with us in between. When it feels we are alone, please remind us of Jesus, who in solidarity with us laid quietly in your hands. Give me the faith to face the challenges before me in the power of your love, and then give me the strength to rest in you even when all things seem lost. Stretch me and grow me in these in-between moments, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.